Hi, hi everybody. I am your host, Linda Gay Scott, and I say welcome and thank you for tuning in, my friends and my fans. I'm thinking about all of you with lots of excitement, humor, drama, and how we will soon be traveling across the globe to foreign lands. Mm. I'll be sharing my real-life adventures that will surprise and possibly, well, maybe frighten some of you, as it did actually for me. But know this, I am without question very much alive. So no doubt you definitely will get to know me in many ways during my life adventures that I haven't disclosed to anyone other than very close family members. So then that would be due to the dangerous encounters that came my way because of my naivety and lack of experience. Yeah. So stay with me on Linda's Bumpy Ride. Woo! Welcome and thank you. Although, before we go there, let's dip into some wildly crazy and fun experiences while visiting one of yours and my favorite shows, Batman. I know so many of us recall the excitement we felt in looking forward to the amazing Batman TV series bi-weekly in 1966. Therefore, Riddler and Moth will be featured in this week's fifth episode, Ring of Wax, Part 1, and Give Em the Axe, Part 2. Whoa. Okay, here we go. Closing my eyes, I have vivid memories of being introduced to many on the set of Batman and how thrilled I was to be cast in that show. After all, it was one of the highest rated and most watched shows on television. I'll begin by saying the director, James Clark, was wonderful and extremely respected by everyone. On the first day, I was introduced to Adam West, also known as Batman. I'm Batman. Who was filled with warm smiles and glittering eyes, as if he'd known me for ages. Well, okay. He was also very helpful, as he would ask if I had any questions and if there was anything in particular that I needed. Although it was only my first time on Batman, I remember that he seemed to go out of his way to want to accommodate me and help me and thinking to myself, what a delightful experience it was indeed. My obligation and anything I could. Hmm. 
I want to say that many years later, I would jog all around Santa Monica, up and down San Vicente, and see fellow joggers. No, they were there like Arnold Schwarzenegger and Maria Shriver, who was one of the Kennedy family, and also, surprisingly, Adam West, who had become honorary mayor of Pacific Palisades. Those who jogged in that area knew the stairs, 180 of them, and they started on a street called Adelaide, which was kind of a back street behind San Vicente. So we would jog, go down 180 stairs, and then we would come back up, and then we would go down again anyway. Long story short, everyone that knew the stairs was there, women and guys, and it was just fun, something that we knew we wanted to do to keep our bodies in good shape. So then, after that, many of us would go to Patrick's Cafe, which was in the canyon, but in Santa Monica Canyon, of course, but right on PCH, Pacific Coast Highway, and we'd have coffee or breakfast or lunch or whatever time of day it was. Just an amazing time is what I want to share with you. Next, Bert Ward, as the smiley-faced Robin, could not have been nicer, and he loved to joke with everyone. A genuinely fun and very good guy. I'm Robin. Holy popcorn. Holy flypaper. Holy Koufax. Holy jack-in-the-box. Holy red hair. A little while later, I met Frank Gorshin, and he seemed as if he'd already slipped into and become his extraordinary character. <laughs> so... Let me start by saying the Riddler was without doubt an amazing and exciting trip for me, and I want to say a wildly indifferent experience for sure. Please keep in mind that although young, I was quite at home with my fellow actors and soon felt, well, I felt the unusual moth character taking over and somehow discarding the Linda I normally knew in day-to-day -day life. Sounds weird, I know, but when you're an actor, unusual moods come about and boom, you're transformed into the character you've been hired to play and to be. So let me give you an example of what I mean exactly. Toward the end of part two, now listen to this, please. Did I accidentally fall into the tub of wax? or you can call it a coffin, I don't know, but did I fall in on purpose? So please help me, my friends, ponder that question, will you? I wanna hear your answer. Frank Gorshin was a very different person, far different than anyone I had ever met in my whole life. During the time we spent working together, he was fully and completely in character, meaning he actually was the Riddler. For instance, a man wearing a bright green suit with big black question marks on it. Frankly, and kind of sadly, I myself never really knew or was able to meet the real Frank Gorshin. Although after seeing him as, as a guest star on late night TV shows, well, I actually did see a part of Frank Gorshin that would briefly reveal itself. But what I'm saying is, I mean, the real deep-down Frank Gorshin, who was wonderful, would almost immediately snap into being Jerry Lewis. 
or begin to sing like Dean Martin, or, I don't know, talk and sing like Frank Sinatra, but then quickly reverse and go and become Jack Benny or Burt Lancaster. And there are many others, of course, but I'm just naming a few. So to me, Frank Gorshin was an absolute genius in becoming other personalities in the snap of a finger. The Riddler on the Batman, he's been the villain and the good guy. He is a comedian, an actor, an impressionist. Uh, it's pretty hard to figure out sometimes exactly what he is. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Frank Gorshin. For you fans, I truly wish I could give you more information about Riddler. But what I have and can share with you is everything I know. So for me, particularly in the beginning, Frank Gorshin almost ignored me. What, I thought? That was very scary for me, and oh my gosh, wildly intimidating for sure. <laughs> Many of you may be shocked to learn this, but please, please realize that some or even many actors, well, they use a special method to become their character. So strongly, to the point other actors are fully intimidated and actually perform much better in their roles brought on by other actors with whom they work using that particular method. So in the case of Riddler's character, I was able to recognize Frank Gorshin's method and I began understanding his interesting approach. And all of this continued to be exciting while watching performances, of course, on many stars in TV and films. My green underwear? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was kind of fun. I really didn't think about the outfit. You know, I enjoyed playing the role. Uh, I tell you one thing. People have asked me when I played the Riddler. I made it a point to move around a lot. You know, so people have asked me if I ever studied ballet because I wanted to move like a dancer. You know, and I never did study ballet. But, but the truth is that when I put on the green underwear and took a look in the mirror, I figured I, I better keep moving. <laughs> I don't want to give anyone a good look. You know. <laughs> Going back for a moment, there was one scene in which I actually became frightened and truly scared. So next time you have the opportunity to watch part one, Ring of Wax, and part two, Give Them the Axe, try to spot when I became terrified. Think about it. And won't you let me know? <laughs> Okay, one more thing. As time went by, I would often see Frank Gorshin as a guest on, let's say, the Johnny Carson show or other late-night shows and even on the Emmy Awards. So as he would do his bit, his imitations, playing or imitating many famous actors, I was astounded because when he finished playing or being superstar personalities, he'd go back to his chair sit down, and become a really down-to-earth, fun, natural guy. But only for a very short time, a minute or two, as his real identity seemed to merge into the many characters he had just portrayed. So Gorshin was a master of disguise. One of the most talented guys in show business. He acts, he sings, but most of all, he does the greatest impression that you have ever seen. Well, I don't have to tell you. You can see for yourself. 
the Riddler himself, Mr. Frank Gorshin. Every week on Batman, there's a different guest villain. Well, while working on the show, I thought, what would it be like if every week there were a different Batman and a different Robin? One week you might see Burt Lancaster playing Batman and Kirk Douglas playing Robin. It would go like this. Robin, old chum, once again, it's time to come to the aid of Gotham City and rid its streets of crime and corruption. Correct? Correct! Correct! This time we have in our hands that slippery devil, Mr. Sweat. Mr. Sweat? Holy perspiration. That him again. Moving right along, and after returning from school in Switzerland, I was still living at home with my family at Whitegate, which sometimes I accidentally would say the White House. I I made that mistake several times when I would talk to people, and uh, I don't know. Anyway, let's 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 just go right past that. So I'll go back to that time again and briefly recall when, well, I had many experiences that were, well, I don't know, je ne sais pas. Oh, my French had gotten rather affluent. (laughs) Excuse me. (laughs) I'll also try to rush through and gloss over some wild and crazy times while still living at home with mom, dad, my brother, and Mabel, mom's helper, who was the, well, she was in some ways like a second mom. At the time, I had once again begun socializing and getting to know what life was about back in the good old USA. During that early time in my life, and because I was living at home there, well, it was incredible, and there were incredible opportunities being presented to me that I just didn't recognize, or perhaps the word would be appreciate I think I may have been a little spoiled at that point in time but anyway moving right along I'll mention some and you can judge and I'm fine with that okay because not everyone knows or realizes what's happening when one is young especially living at home sheltered in many ways and so well that's just the way it was in my home during that time Also, I was still a virgin and had not yet met B, which is code for Bruce, my very first love. Quickly, going back to an earlier time, rock and roll had broken through and Elvis Presley was a big thing. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, Every TV was advertising Elvis was to perform at a concert, da-da-da-da-da. My mom kept, well, she just kept me away from any and all concerts because she kept saying I was way too young. Definitely, well, I wasn't even a teenager, that's for sure. So absolutely a big fat no regarding Elvis or any concert. Mm -hmm. That was my mom. Fast-forwarding 
rock and roll was, well, it had become huge. And of course, the Beatles. Well, they were showing up everywhere on television, signs and billboards all over town. And when I mentioned Beatles in my El Stricto, very strict home, I then garnered attention in a good way. And let me just go back for a second and say, do you remember when my mom just wouldn't even hear anything about Elvis Presley? Aha. Anyway, all the while, my dad was missing in action at home. And less and less, and, and just, he just wouldn't be around. And for some reason, I was the one person, and don't know why, but many people were pushing me to meet guys. Well, now, of course, I definitely, I definitely know why. For example, Richard Beamer, starring as Tony, Natalie Wood's lover in West Side Story. With suns and moons all over the place. Tonight, tonight, the world is wild and bright. Going mad, shooting sparks into space. Today, the world was just an address, a place for me to live. Well, he came to my home met my mom, and later he and I went out for dinner. But it seemed that at dinner, all he did was, well, he just kept talking all the time, through dinner and after dinner, but it was about one particular subject. It was about how I must go to New York, live there, and study. It's up to you, New York. I didn't want to, and not to be unkind, I wasn't even attracted to him. So there were many others that wanted to date me, but I, I just wasn't really attracted to any of them because it either clicks or it doesn't, right? I mean, you girls know what I'm saying. At least that's what I thought at the time. Another thing I want to say is that my dad really spoiled me beyond. I didn't exactly know why, but he always did. One night, we had a beautiful dinner party with some VIP guests like Bob Peterson and his beautiful wife-to-be, Margie, Miss Rheingold, um, which was a very, very popular beer at the time, and they had a contest on the prettiest girl that would be Miss Rheingold, and Margie won. So many of us, um, well, let me say this. Many know or recognize Peterson Publications, Motor Trend Magazine, Hot Rod Magazines, and Peterson Automobile Museum in Beverly Hills. And that coincidentally features the 1989 Batmobile. <laughs> So if you're ever there, treat yourself to that visual. Now, 
Back to my family's dinner party. A beautiful and exceptional evening indeed. All right, now, one of our guests had driven up in, in, I, I mean, I'm sorry, I'm almost speechless, but an outrageously breathtaking silver sports car called a Facel Vega. It was French, of course, but it was unreal. I'd never seen anything like it before, and as an aside, Jay Leno's car collection included a new red Facel Vega. Many of our friends and dad's business associates had Ferraris and Maseratis, etc., but this Facel Vega was so unbelievably unusual. As my dad would always call an unusual or wildly exotic car, he had a nickname for them, and a lot of his friends had the same nickname. It was, or those cars were called Russian monkeys. So, uh, long story short, on my birthday, a short time later, my dad surprised me with that very same out of this world, outrageously gorgeous dream car. You know, the one I just talked about, a Russian monkey. <laughs> well, yes, I know what you're thinking, and you're 100% right. A father or husband that gives only things to his wife or beautiful girlfriends or his daughter, well, then, you know, um, there may be some truth to the fact that the father... <laughs> might be a little guilty of something. Uh-oh, then incredible catastrophe thing happened. My dad and mom divorced, and that was absolutely the tragedy, the, the saddest time in my life. White Gate, our family home went up for sale and everything went to hell in a handbasket. Dad tried to make me happy by buying me gifts, even a puppy, but I was unable to deal with the anger, upset and hurt I felt so deep inside. And my beautiful mom, well, the tremendous hurt and pain she was going through was just unspeakable. So many nights I'd go to sleep crying. I knew my mom was also heartbroken. So let me say one little last thing, P.S. I kept the darling puppy. Now, soon after, very soon after, I'll talk briefly about my dad's new wife, and you can check Westworld episode number three. Because this, now this affair was the shock of all time because she was exactly my age and the 100% reason my mom and dad had divorced. On top of that, she had been married before and already had a young child. It seemed that my life was a complete disaster and I just didn't know what to do or how my life could ever survive, truly. 
Now, I loved and adored being an actress, of course. But at the same time, I was frightened of something deep inside. And I, I, um, I just didn't really know what that something was. My grandmother, Gagi, Gaga, best and most loving grams in the whole world. Well, she'd been an award-winning character actress and had been very ill and passed away right around the exact same time. So in looking back, all I can say is I was worse than unhappy. Excuse me if I'm emotional, but I was I felt broken inside, a lost girl trying to be a woman. After moving from Whitegate, our family home for years upon years, well, it, well, that had seemed like the only home I'd really ever known. Of course, it was back in Encino on Louise, but that was so long ago. I myself moved into Camden Drive in Beverly Hills, and that was when I met Michael, my second love, the incredible and romantic love that began almost immediately. Check Bewitched episode number four. You don't want to miss that one. It was only our third date when Michael drove down to Santa Monica Beach and it was a beautiful night and parked his Porsche. Oh, I forgot to mention I was in the car with him. So of course we could hear the waves gently breaking and very romantic music playing when he gently, when he just gently cupped my face in his hands, turned to me and said, please, will you marry me? And I couldn't say a word. This was Michael, the man I loved from almost the very first night we'd met. And here he was proposing marriage to me. Needless to say, and for a mere instant, I thought, gosh, looks like he closed this deal in only three days. And then I thought for another second, hmm, maybe I'm the one who closed this deal in only three days. It's just my little joke that I put in here, but it's all true. <laughs> the very next day, Michael introduced me to his lovely family. Shortly after meeting his parents, his mother, took me aside and guided me upstairs to her bedroom. I remember it well as she sat me down in a cozy satin chair and to my surprise brought out a rather large but handsome lacquered box. And as she opened it, she then took out a satin bag. Then she said, and I remember distinctly, what I have in here are jewels that have been passed down and in my family for generations. I was taken aback and really didn't know what to say, so mm, I said nothing, and I just let her talk. There was, however, something that happened as I felt one tear gently go down my cheek. 
She looked into my eyes, slowly opened the bag, and gently spread out the diamond stones and said, pick the one you most want to be yours. Huh. In other words, which diamond did I want as my engagement ring? I looked and immediately saw the one I wanted, a beautiful round diamond that made me cry because I not only was touched by her kind and loving smile, but I'll never forget the look in her eyes when she whispered, that's the one I hoped you would choose. And then she gave me a warm smile. My soon-to-be mother-in-law had a heart filled with love that I will never, ever forget. Next, but final step, was for me da -da 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 -da, <laughs> to tell my parents, separately of course, that I was madly in love and that I'd been proposed to. I had no idea how they were going to take it. However, if you recall or remember at that time, I had already moved into Camden Drive. But well, all of that is explained in episode number four, and you must go back or hopefully recall what happened on that hot, sweaty summer morning in Beverly Hills on Camden Drive. Because if you only listen to episode five, you'll be shortchanged and lose one of the best parts of Linda's bumpy ride. Well, my next episode will be The Green Hornet. And our irreplaceable hero, Bruce Lee. And I'll be Fama. Thank you for listening. Thank you for putting up with me as I went through some quite emotional things there. But I love you all, and God bless. Lele.